Ido Kadar is 22. He lives with his family in the Los Angeles area. For years, doctors and therapists thought he had impaired language processing because he was only able to speak a few words. They misunderstood everything about me and I honestly think they don't understand my disability. They misconstrued a motor problem for a language processing one. That's Ido communicating through an iPad. Ido has severe difficulty moving, and typing on his iPad is a slow, laborious process. So I asked him some questions ahead of time, and he prepared and recorded his answers, which his mom played for me. My communication was discovered by my mom in a way that made her my first teacher. But she didn't know how to help me to be able to type independently. There were hardly any other autistic people typing then. It wasn't discussed or known as a possibility. We were taught very clearly that Ido had a language processing problem. He only had a few words, that every word that he was learning was being taught to him through the drills that he was receiving. That's Ido's mom, Tracy Kadar. But of course, it's very hard to know what somebody's intellectual abilities are when they can't communicate. And without the ability to communicate, a lot of tests are not going to be reflecting what somebody knows. When Ido was little, you'd see these little moments where he'd seem to demonstrate something. And, um, and then what we were told as well, you know, just coincidental. It turned out Ido's difficulties were not due to language impairment. His vocabulary and verbal reasoning abilities were masked by his motor problems. After extensive training and typing, he can now communicate, and he's even written two books. This episode, Cognitive Testing and Autism. How can we understand the true cognitive ability of autistic people, especially those who are minimally verbal or have motor difficulties? You're listening to Spectrum Stories, the podcast from Spectrum, the leading source for news and opinion on autism research. I'm Ben Kiebrick. Around 25% of the autistic population is minimally verbal. That label, minimally verbal, is defined in different ways, but usually it means someone either doesn't speak at all or speaks using fewer than 20 words. Today, we'll hear more about scientific efforts to uncover the cognitive potential of minimally verbal people and to identify the causes of their communication difficulties. I'm Isabelle Soulière. I work at uh, UCAM University, so University of Quebec in Montreal. I trained as a clinical neuropsychologist, and now I'm doing research on the reasoning and learning in autistic children. Soulière says there can be problems with giving standard intelligence tests to autistic children. Motor issues is one of the problems, like writing, which is a kind of complex motor movement, and you have to to be very precise, and they lose some time either because of motor problems or being more perfectionist on their symbols, or they don't get the rule that you have to go as fast as you can. The other problem that I think is most important is verbal abilities and language abilities, which hinder the performance of many autistic kids. Soulier says that some issues with testing have easy solutions. We recommend developing a typing on a keyboard to reduce the motor problems. When we get around these difficulties, we see that they have excellent reasoning abilities. 
When neuropsychologists use alternative measures or adaptive tests, they see that many autistic children who are labeled as low-functioning or intellectually disabled perform just as well as their typical peers in certain tests of nonverbal intelligence. Just as an example of how much we can underestimate their abilities, uh, but it's absolutely not a prevalence study, okay? We did a small study in a school for autistic kids that were considered by the school system to have an intellectual disability. And we tested all the kids for which their parents accepted. We didn't make any um, screening uh, before doing the study. So we tested 30 kids who didn't speak or were not using more than five words. And so these kids were 6 to 12. And among these uh, 30 kids, uh, we were able to show intact uh, reasoning abilities in 60% of these kids. Sulier stressed, though, that this is just a small study. We don't know what proportion of minimally verbal children have intact nonverbal reasoning. In the general population, uh, intellectual disability is about one uh, to two percent of the population. In the autistic population, we don't know the the prevalence. I'm hoping to have a, a good epidemiological study to measure uh, the intellectual abilities of uh, autistic individual. That's not my specialty. I'm not the one who will conduct this study, but <laughs> I'm hoping for it one day. Other researchers are measuring brain activity to determine whether minimally verbal children are comprehending language. My name is Charlotte DeStefano. I'm a clinical instructor at UCLA. I work primarily with Dr. Shafali Jeste, who's a pediatric neurologist, and we do research primarily using EEG and ERP to study development in children with autism. EEG, or electroencephalography, involves covering the head with a net of probes. It allows measurement of synchronized neural activity with high temporal resolution. EEG lets us see brain activity. It's a bit different than other imaging methods where we see the actual structures of the brain. In EEG, we just see the activation that's happening, and so we see brain responses to things. Um, and one of the things that we can do with EEG is look at time-locked responses to some specific stimulus. Um, so we can do experiments where the child sits and wears the EEG net, and they see some sort of stimulus or hear some sort of stimulus, and we can see what the brain response to that specific stimulus is. And that gives us an idea of how they are understanding and processing information, even if they're not giving us any sort of overt behavioral response. In one experiment, DeStefano presented minimally verbal children with pairs of stimuli. She'd show them a picture on the screen and then play them a recording of a word. The child would hear a word that either was the correct label for the picture or did not match the picture. So it was a visual auditory match-mismatch semantic paradigm. When there is semantic information that is unexpected, that doesn't match what came before it, then we see a negative deflection around 400 milliseconds that's called the N400. 
The N400 is the name of a particular EEG response to unexpected semantic information. The N400 occurs when somebody encounters a word with a meaning that doesn't make sense in that context. We think that the N400 is basically indexing the extra processing that has to happen when it wasn't the word that you expected it to be. DiStefano says that if we see the N400 response in a minimally verbal child, that suggests that they understand the words that they just heard. For the kids who are not showing that they understand a lot of language, for those kids, can we see that in fact they do have an N400 to this mismatch condition and therefore they must be understanding language that they're not showing through traditional means? DiStefano says that she and her previous mentor, Rutgers neuroscience professor April Benesik, have independently tested for the N400 in minimally verbal children, and both found an N400 response in many of the kids. April had about 10 minimally verbal kids in her study, and I had 20 in mine, so that's certainly not going to represent the whole population at this point. About half of her participants had an N400 response. In my group of 20, it was more like probably about two-thirds of them looked like they had an N400 response. It does not seem to be extremely rare. When children show semantic understanding through their N400 but still aren't speaking, there could be a number of explanations. There are a lot of different reasons that minimally verbal kids are having trouble expressing language. And I'm hesitant to say this for sure because we're at the very, very beginning of studying these things. But if the lack of an N400 suggests that the child is not processing the semantic content of language, then that may be the reason that they haven't learned to talk because they're having trouble processing the language coming in. And so, of course, they're not then producing that same language. But the child who is producing an N400, when they hear words that don't match the context, That child must be processing some semantic content of those words. And so for them, that does not explain why they aren't talking. A lot of kids with autism do have motor deficits. Maybe the reason those kids are not talking has more to do with um, the actual motor process of producing speech. But there are other kids who seem to understand a lot of language and appear to have excellent motor skills and have pretty high nonverbal IQs um, and yet are not producing language. So we're really pretty puzzled as to what exactly the deficit is in their cases. DiStefano hopes that we can use techniques like EEG to figure out the root cause of why different individuals are nonverbal and that knowing the cause will help with finding appropriate treatments. I think that these sorts of measures have the potential to really help us understand who has these different underlying deficits and therefore better predict who is going to make progress with which types of interventions. Joram Benet is using eye tracking to look at word comprehension in minimally verbal children with autism. I'm um, assistant, uh, associate professor, sorry, associate professor in Barion University in Israel. He studies microsaccade inhibition, a brief pause of small involuntary eye movements. Microsaccade inhibition occurs while someone processes new information. The length of the pause reflects the amount of processing that is occurring. Surprising events trigger more processing than expected ones. If there is a sequence of events 
and let's say you get a sequence of blue patches and now comes a red, it's sort of a surprise. So in this case, your eyes inhibition is longer by 10 milliseconds, 20 milliseconds, and small but very consistent. Binet has started using this paradigm on minimally verbal children with autism, presenting them with stimuli and seeing if they register surprise. Like DeStefano's EEG studies, Binet's preliminary results suggest that autistic children may be understanding much more language than standard cognitive tests indicate. There is a difference between what you measure with the eyes and what you measure with pointing, with a hand. They do better with the eyes. Or with a keyboard. Binet has met Ido Kedar. I met him a couple of times, and he uh, wrote and answers my, answered my questions with the iPad while no one was touching him, so I could be sure that it's authentic. There is always the, the question about how uh, authentic is this typing. Attempts to enable communication in minimally verbal people have a complicated history, in part due to the discredited technique called facilitated communication. It involved caregivers gently helping minimally verbal people spell out words by typing or by touching letters. However, close examination of the technique revealed that facilitators were often unconsciously guiding the hands of their minimally verbal patients. Here's Soulier. When I was a student and working with autistic kids, sometimes when you're helping the kid to communicate, you're so enthusiastic and so wanting him to communicate that sometimes you kind of influence what he will say or you're at risk of doing so. But when you teach a way to communicate to a kid and then after that he does it by himself completely, I think that he's truly demonstrating what he wants. Sulier warns that not all minimally verbal children have hidden talents waiting to be unlocked. Once a father told us, people are asking me, what is this special ability? What is his, uh, his strength? And, and, and he told us, he has no strength. I cannot find it. And uh, it was very painful to him. Unfortunately, for some kids, there are true intellectual limitations and that no matter what test we will use, we won't show any genius in this child. But many scientists and clinicians may be underestimating minimally verbal autistic people. There is uh, some resistance from part of the clinical and research community there is a resistance to acknowledging the, the potential or the abilities of autistic individuals who are more uh, limited verbally. I would say that broadly, people who don't work a lot with minimally verbal kids and then are introduced to one are probably very likely to underestimate that child's abilities. Um, and so I'm never surprised when a parent tells me, I really think that my child understands a lot of language, but nobody believes me. That's certainly something that I've heard quite often. Um, and I think that it comes from people having limited exposure to this population and not really giving kids the opportunity to show what it is that they know. That's it for this episode of Spectrum Stories. Thanks to Nicolette Zelliot, 
This story was based on a reporting. For more, read her feature, Revealing Autism's Hidden Strengths at SpectrumNews.org. Also, thanks to Blue Note Sessions for the background music, and thanks to you for listening.